Let's start a show called Common Misconception with Max. And with Max? Yeah, it's I feel your like show. You're the, I feel like you're the one who's all about common I'm, misconceptions. I'm trying to spearhead it, yeah. Like, why don't you want to be in front of the camera? This is a real Dick Van Dyke situation, all right? I'm Carl Reiner, and you're Dick Van Dyke, and they're like, you're too Jewy to be on the air, so we have to give it to this guy. I thought you were going to say it was going to be a real Dick Cheney situation because, you know, I've got Dick Cheney on, on my brain lately since that Vice trailer dropped. I don't know if you've seen I'm that. sorry. It's a, it's no, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful trailer. trailer. No, it is. But just like, <laughs> I've got Dick Cheney on my brain. It's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Like, it's like the, like Dick Cheney's like, 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 like the Babadook or something. <laughs> like, yeah, he is. He's almost like so cartoonishly evil and competent yeah. that I almost respect him in a weird way. And I know that's a fucked up thing to say. Well, it's like when we talked about Putin, where we're just like, in a way, he's so unabashed about it and yeah. does it with like so little flair. And can I just say, Bale looks like he's going to fuck, and like, no surprise there, but looks like he's going to fucking kill that role. Yeah, I mean, he's one of our greatest living actors. The best American yeah. actor ever. And he's also the and best Welsh actor and the best British actor. I mean, because he could be any. Best Canadian actor. Oh, yeah, man. Best any white guy actor. From, white guy from Boston actor. White guy from Brooklyn. White mm-hmm. guy from Williamsburg. From yeah. uptown, downtown, around town. Midtown and New Jersey. Oh, ooh. You ended on a sour hey, note. <laughs> hey, he could do it though. If you anyone bet. could, it would Bill. Um Hey Springsteen's from Jersey, man. Why you gotta shit on Jersey? Springsteen, Kevin Smith, Bon Jovi, John Stewart. I mean, there's a lot of people. Yeah, a lot there. of talent coming out of that. Yeah, but they're they're talented in spite they, of it. And and because to spite it. Like it's very much like I don't want to be in New Jersey for forever. Like, that's my problem with Springsteen now. It's like, listen, I get it. Like, you're writing about the working class, man. I, look, I got to work 60 hours a week, but I still go down to the junkyard and drink beers with my friends. And we, we have bandanas and stuff. And, you know, all that's cool. <laughs> all, that's, all that's fine. What Ugh. a series of events. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, man. Yeah, remind me in five minutes. I'm doing a thing anyway. Yeah, I uh, feel like we were on a whole Jersey flow, and I, wait, I'll put this on airplane mode. We're not recording, so but I'll just start recording. I mean, we are recording. It's oh, are we? Oh, at the shit. Top We've been screen, recording so. this whole time, and I didn't realize it. Yeah, I mean, I think you started recording face off, and then we just yeah. stopped. Well, I just stopped because I like, I, you know, I felt like a natural stopping point. We didn't commit to it. It was more of a proof of concept. And, you and, know, and like, do you feel like we proved the concepts or do you think? No, I feel like we got to, we got to do in person. I think, I just think, I think that makes more sense. We'll just throw it on and we'll just record. I think that, yeah, that, that's probably a solid idea. Do you want to like get like cameras involved? What, what is our show going to be Christian? And that's I'm what I'm saying. Now, listen, we have the cameras. Like what I, what I'm doing, what I, the other thing I'm going to do when I'm in Austin is be like, how does this shit work? Like, I got all these cameras that yeah. he uses already, you know? So it's like, how does this and work? Next question. Can I steal some of this shit and not give it back? Probably not, but we can set something up. You know what I mean? Like, we, we just, just gotta... don't ask and just take it and apologize later. I would hope you don't take shit. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm going to figure that out. That's, like, something I definitely want to do. It's something I am thinking about actively. And, uh, you know, the only saving grace is just, like, you know, we actually got to get an episode that we're proud of of like since you moved here before mm-hmm. i feel like there's real pressure <laughs> just because we have these other two that are in deck already like 23 and 24 are there and like they're yeah. good i think 24 is really good i remember us both really liking it i i mean i think i told you when i drove up i, I guess i should update our podcast listening audience because this is the first 
episode in full, at least, that uh, we're recording since I moved to New York officially. Like, we took mm-hmm. a long fucking hiatus for obvious reasons. One, I didn't have internet. I was driving across the country, right. et cetera, scheduling and other things. And now I'm here. I have internet. I'm not driving anymore. Um, yeah, I'm in Gravesend, Brooklyn, uh, and you're in Philly. And uh, here we are, man. It's time. It's time to make things happen. Do you think our landlord in Brooklyn is the woman who founded Gravesend? Because maybe she might be. Yeah. So, like the the neighborhood that I'm living in in Brooklyn um, was founded by a woman in the 1600s, and uh, or something like that. 1700s, 1600s. I don't know when people were walking around here. Uh, white people, anyway. Um, Ooh, but, yeah. that reminds me to talk about something, but later, go on. Yeah, sure. But no, yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's older. She's an elderly, uh, woman. So it's possible. Lived here her whole life. <sighs> I did a Southern accent for Gravesend. For Brooklyn. But, yeah. But she doesn't really have a Brooklyn accent either. She's got an, a Northern accent, but it's I mean, not Brooklyn. Could we not argue that she has the most Brooklyn accent of all, given that she's been here for 70 plus years i don't think see that's where i think it gets tricky because i don't think she's from brooklyn proper like when she tells she tells me that she's been here since 71 so if that's the case like don't get me wrong that's a long time i'm not shitting on that i'm just saying that that's not that doesn't mean she was raised here which could affect well you and i have had different experiences with this lady and apparently different conversations because she told me that her family actually built the building that i'm in she's lived on this block her entire life we see now I'm confused because this is multiple narratives. She for sure told me that she got in that building in the seventies. Maybe her family did build it in the seventies. Maybe yeah. this is two different things. Yeah, I did not say that. Yeah, like she wasn't saying that she's lived in this building. Okay, she's lived on this block, like literally Avenue Z area nice. for her entire life. That's kind of cool. Yeah, You're at the so end of that, the alphabet, man. Avenue Q and shit. You know what I mean? Avenue Z. That's me. <laughs> Have you ever seen Avenue Q? Uh, no. Do you know what I it is? Yeah, Puppets uh, Avenue Q. And they're yeah, like it's real good. Uh, Sesame Street, but they have AIDS or something. And it's real dark. Yeah, it's dark. <laughs> you know, like, that's the problem. You introduce Puppet AIDS. It's like, well, where do you go? You did that act one, you know? Like, there's two more acts in this fucking play. And this isn't like Tony Kushner's Angels in America's with puppets. You know what mm. I mean? Like, do, do puppet AIDS like act in the same way that regular AIDS does? Is it a different kind of AIDS? Does like it feline mean, AIDS? Or you're like, yeah. well, that's a thing. That's fine. Like, that's yeah. Or, or does it just like affect felt-based uh, <laughs> organisms? Look, this is the truth. No one wants to talk about it, but Big Bird's retiring this uh, week, and I think we know why. Oh, it's because of... Uh, Big Bird AIDS. It's an epidemic, all right? They wrote a fucking play about it in the 2000s, and we all just thought, oh, it's cute. It was a fucking cautionary tale. Yeah. And no one listened, man. We were like, oh, it's kind of edgy because they're puppets. But no, it was like actually like these are actual puppets who are dying of an autoimmune disease. <sighs> What's the difference between an autoimmune disease? And this isn't a joke. I know it sounded like a setup. <laughs> <laughs> No, because you're using the same tone of voice that you were using to ask me about poodle skirts, so it's really not a. I was really drunk during poodle skirts, and I'm not drunk at all, thankfully. Now, Um, yeah, it is only three in the afternoon, and Mm. just a regular immune disease. Um, Autoimmune disease is automatic. 
Okay, uh, and the other manual immune it's disease. A, it's a it's a manual thing. So like only a few diseases know how to like actually do it. It's like three pedal situation. Yeah, or, it's a three pedal okay. stick shift type situation, and like yeah, it, it's not as common. You know, yeah, or but, ever happened. <laughs> like it may not be occurring in the in the natural world. It's a real Osmosis Jones situation in your body. You know, like who knows? Lot in, lot I'm not sure you can make anymore. Osmos- Osmosis Jones. Like why? Why would you not be able to make that? Like because it works. Because it's like Chris Rock doing that voice. Like if it's anyone else, like the idea of making like this this fucking thing that lives inside your body be like a like like a black caricature because it's beyond the voice it was like the way he was modeled mm-hmm. unless my mind is being racist in retrospect which is possible okay no, probable uh, even <laughs> probable can i talk about race shit for a second man like i'm, yeah, I'm sure. i won't i won't go on it for too long all right so uh, on it forever do it the entire length of the podcast uh, well, just you one man we'll show go do it as long as you want to do it i mean i don't want to keep going all right so so you know i'm on the the double toasted thing and we're on youtube blah 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 blah. all right so we're doing youtube comments and and yesterday Corey, the guy who runs double toasted came on our show and we talked for a little bit and at one point uh the conversation got up he's like we need to diversify here we're not talking about diversify like you know ethnically we're talking about diversify the content and then robert was like well, you know, it's funny because these people think we're white, you know, and uh, then he cuts to me and I'm like, like, my name is Torres. I speak Spanish. Like, I don't know what I have to do to be considered Spanish because that's what I am. But, you know, whatever. So th- whatever. I don't give a shit about the The comments that come in today of like these fucking idiots who are trying to give me a lecture about cultural identity and like a history lesson on 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 like race okay where it's like torres is a white man's name because torres comes from spain and spain is white and blah 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 blah. and i'm just like okay yes spain at some point got mixed in but there was a whole like the colonizing of my island like the decimation of the native people the importation of fucking slaves to puerto rico and then you know the systematic rape of a culture and the women until you got what we got all right <laughs> so like i'm saying that. <laughs> i pointed out myself you I, get this I, right here. Christian is the I am the product <laughs> systematic rape and oppression no dude i mean so that's my point so i sit there and people are trying to tell me a lesson about like well you're this this and that and then there's other people you know these fucking like people are like oh so it's cool to be racist against white people and i'm like listen motherfucker I have no problem with anyone, uh, any race, any creed, any any one of any color and whatever. I don't give a shit. But for idiots on YouTube to say he's white, it then takes it, it forcibly removes me from my culture, my history, things that I find significant. It's reductive. It's factually inaccurate, and it's bullshit. And like being white is not something to be proud of. Like because being white is like it's a blanket statement. You should be proud of your individual like ethnicities, right? Your heritage and where you come from, and the and the and the traditions. Okay, everyone else is a fucking idiot. Like I, so I'm living in this thing where I'm like responding to people who I know are probably just fucking trolling me to begin with, right? Yeah. But it, but that's what bothers me. I don't care about criticism. You can hate my shit if you want to. That's fine. The thing I care about is just like, don't say like, oh, well, doesn't matter if you're Spanish, you're still white. It's like, dude, like culturally, I don't know what that is. Like I have been stopped by more police officers in Florida and called a boy than I care to admit. Like I don't like the idea that I don't fucking deal with racism because I am lighter Mm-hmm. than the usual like fucking dark 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 spanish spanish person right it's mm-hmm. like would you call a mexican person white right like you oh, wouldn't wait, no me no well i mean general you wouldn't i'm not saying this in a bad way like white black brown there's not like divisions here but i guess my point is this it's like 
when people say, oh, I'm proud to be black, that makes sense to me. Because of colonization, they were forcibly divorced from their actual ethnicity, from the country that they would know. They would know much more about what specific part of Africa they came from had they not been fucking forcibly removed from their homelands and and their culture killed. Same fucking thing, right? So it's like when people say, oh, I'm proud to be black, that makes sense to me. When you're proud to be white, it's weird because it's like in theory, you have a cultural identifier. You know where your people come from. You should know, unless we're believing in the whole beautiful, you know, melting pot of America, lose where you came from now we're all americans that's true but that's the thing i'm puerto rican i'm american and i'm puerto rican like they're not mutually exclusive like i'm born a fucking u.s citizen and it just i'm sorry i'm ranting my bad i'm sorry i just it's killing me go on what do you got to say oh no i was just gonna say i'm not proud of my heritage because i just have too many it's too much work to know (laughs) like you know to pay honor to all of those heritages well, it's weird because I feel like you you identify culturally as Italian, like because it's the yeah. thing you are most of. Yeah, right? that's like I'm a quarter Italian. I, I recently, I think I mentioned on one of the podcasts, I recently signed up for Ancestry.com. And it's like they make you do a lot of work on it, but it's kind of fun. Like you start researching your family and like, oh, we have a possible match for like the next step up in your family or whatever. I've gotten as far as like 1805, which is kind of cool. But like I've got homies chilling in Italia um germany uh got some irish in there at some point right irish scott I- ireland scotland um hungary like all, all <laughs> hungry of, it's just called hungary <laughs> i said italia i needed to like keep it fucking keep it yeah ethnically Germania. yeah like, what do they call themselves yeah you gotta call them alemania that's uh it's germany in spanish Mm-hmm. Oh, but so it's um but but like okay that's my point so it's like i get it i mean you're a little bit more you really are the beautiful uh dream right but I'm, only within the white <laughs> space i'm right? a fucking mutt yeah yeah like I'm, uh, I'm just all the things in europe mushed together into one me right you know and well, here like, i am in any case it's it's like that's not a bad thing and that's what i'm saying like, there's nothing wrong with being white i'm not saying there is anything wrong with being white and me being and me asking and preferring to be identified by the thing that I am, you know what I mean? Like, isn't bad because largely white people didn't give a fuck when 4,000 of my people on my Island died. All right. They didn't care when the power was out. They didn't care that nothing was going on. So don't tell me that I'm like, Oh, he's just white. You're overprivileged. You're a gentrifier. It's just like, you know, this cause we now live in Brooklyn, but like, bro, I'm black to every white person who's ignorant as fuck in Brooklyn. And then I'm white to every ignorant fucking black person who thinks that I'm white. Like, that I'm in this rock and a hard place shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just try to like, you know, culture these people, educate them about like, nah, man, in the same way that I think like you could be proud to be black and that's not a racist overtone. It's because that is the one unifier they have because they were forcibly removed from their culture. It's like, look, you think I'm happy again <laughs> that like Spain came and raped all the fucking Indians on our island? You know what I mean? Like, of course right. not. It's not a, but this is the, the the cards we've been dealt. And I'm, I am very proud of my culture and shit. So that's why I'm being adamant about it. And I think I, I was bringing up the whole point of like, somehow being proud of your own fucking heritage means that you're anti someone else. And that's the whole reason I'm bringing the, up the Mexico thing. It's like, if you're Mexican, you're, you're identified as like a brown person, as a Latino person. Like, it's not like, oh, they're white. And there are white Mexicans, bro. Like, I mean, uh, who's like actors? Like Damien Bashir, right? Like, I like him. He's a light-skinned Mexican dude. He's, he doesn't have like, uh, you know, like Mayan blood in him. I mean, maybe he right. does, but it doesn't seem like it based like on his could pass, quote unquote. Uh, okay, exactly. And the concept of passing is the other mm-hmm. thing that just bothers me because like Corey made a joke about it on the YouTube thing. He's like, listen, I wasn't going to hold it against you. People think you're white. Own it. Get some credit. 
buy a house, like being funny about it. Mm-hmm. But that's depressing to me that that is a joke. It's a joke because it's a factual reality that like to be a light skinned brown person, a light skinned black person, you are treated differently in society than people who are much darker. And so I think that that's what bothered me, man. I don't know. I'm not trying to like turn this into a whole fucking soapbox and me yelling at people, but it's just like, Hey, um, buddy, (laughs) you did it already. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It it, it is what it is. I'm just saying like, yo, it's cool to be white. It's cool to be Brown. Be proud of what the fuck you are. Don't be shitty that anyone else is proud of what they are. As long as they're not saying that what they are is better than anyone else. Like people who are proud to be white. That's cool. Just don't get tiki torches in March and say whites are better than other people. Like, that's yeah. a problem. Don't, don't join up with the Proud Boys. Have you heard Ugh. about the Proud Boy movement? No, what's the Proud Boy movement? It's a cool name. It's no, uh, proud. No, it's don't, no, don't be a Proud Boy. <laughs> I'm not you a Proud wanna, Boy. They it's would cool not name. accept you, first of all. Well, you see, are not, I got nothing to work. white enough. Yeah. What we need to do for these racist organizations is just get a bunch of black and brown people to try to join them. Be like, no, <laughs> man, it's a really good name. I like what you guys represent. They would just be like, coming up like, hey, I'm a Proud boy can i get in on this proud boy action why all you got shaved heads what's going on what if i walked in with a shit do you okay so now let's talk about passing max all right Mm -hmm. could i pass if i shaved the beard if i shaved all the hair you remember me with short hair when i was a youngin did i Mm -hmm. look more or less spanish when i was younger i feel like i looked more spanish i think the shorter hair i have the more like latino i look I mean, I guess you looked more spent. I don't really know. I don't really like, I, I can't really remember what you looked like at this point. <laughs> <laughs> too much time that has long. passed. Or is there I've even a too much behind that beard, man? You know? Uh, no, yeah, dude. Okay. I, shit, I don't know. Um, but like, could you, could you pass as a proud boy? Probably not. They probably have like, you know, like at Home Depot when they have like paint swatches for like the <laughs> tone of your skin or whatever. Did they just like match it up to you? Like, nope, nope. I would really like who's the people who study. I mean, I guess it's an anthropologist, but I'm sure it's a it's a more you know specified field within anthropology. Uh, the people who study just cranial features and shit. They got like one of those on tap. You know. He, oh God, what is that called? That well, there's like phrenology. phrenology. There's phrenology, but phrenology is a bullshit science, which said that like based on that size of your skull and certain indentations, you're more likely to do crime. Right, but I think there's something even with it. <laughs> just crime sorry i i disagreed without even hearing what you said you could have said anything and i would have been like right yeah exactly for now that she was just about crime um but it was about like intelligence and like predispositions to violence and blah 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 blah. i'm, I'm sure there's something within that that is just the, the study of cranial features and whatnot but yeah um they got one of those at the proud boys who like you come in and like a fucking tailor he's just measuring like your nose your goddamn like the circumference mm-hmm. of your head making sure your jawline is a certain length, you know, all that shit. He can tell. He's like, motherfucker, you're right. clearly Puerto Rican slash German slash Jewish slash whatever the fuck else you are. You know what I mean? So Puerto Rican slash Jewish slash whatever the fuck else. Well, no, come on. You did a rudimentary test. <laughs> but yeah, no, dude, these Proud Boys have been running around in like Brooklyn and Manhattan and um, a bunch of other very liberal cities like Portland and I think Seattle, just running around and like kicking people in the shins and punching people. And I think they just recently got invited to a Republican uh, banquet dinner or something like that. Nice. Like they were, their organization was extended an invitation. So yeah, I don't know. They're they're running around just being dicks and punching people and kicking them in the shins. So let me ask you a question, fun. just because okay. I want to know about the political future of our lives. Um, Michelle Obama, when they go low, we go high. Okay. Mm. 
are we past that? <laughs> are we like, I mean, yes. like, here's the thing. I don't think that that ever worked. I think it sounded nice in the moment, but uh, I don't uh... Well, I think if Clinton wins, you're going to be like, it worked. I mean, it worked for them. It worked for Obama twice <laughs> because like he didn't really get down in the dirt with people when they were attacking. I mean, he attacked a little bit. Mm. So it works for them. All right. But my point is like, are we past that? Because the Republicans stole a Supreme Court seat and now have swung it to, you know what I mean? Like we, we, we're holding ourselves to a higher standard than these fuckers have ever held themselves to a standard. And so is the point that we just start playing dirty like they do. Like we're trying, we're hoping that like, well, everyone's watching. And if they see us be the adults in the room, they'll side with us, not realizing that the people watching are fucking kids. <laughs> that was the longest exhale I ever did. I'm so sorry. Look, man, it's fucking over. It's done. The damage has been done. The best we can hope for now is uh, uh, we uh, start, you know, colonizing the moon and then use that as a launch pad for Mars, baby. Early heart attacks, you know, like we're all really modern medicine, but like Brett Kavanaugh might have cirrhosis of the liver. He likes beer. Hey, I like beer. I like beer. You know, I like like drinking beer. I like to drink it. it. I like to drink it then. I like to drink it now. You know, I like beer. Do you like beer? I like beer. I look, I am looking for, listen, as much of a fucking monster as he is, I'm really looking for like, you know, when, 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 when Ruth Bader Ginsburg's giving her fucking, you know, dissent, dissenting mm-hmm. opinion and she's reading through it and it's a really, you know, poignant and beautiful moment. There's a pregnant pause and then you just hear, you know, he's opening a fucking <laughs> beer under the fucking bench. It's kind of metal. I mean, yeah, he's a fucking rapist. Maybe. I don't know. But if he's on, he's, he's definitely bringing the party atmosphere, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, like Toga, he's just got like a Toga at all times under the judge's robes. He's Bluto, bro. He's just drinking entire bottles of whiskey and shit, not throwing up afterwards. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of Animal House, Bluto went on to become like a a senator, right? Isn't that what happened in the post-credits? I think you're right. Jesus Christ, man. That's a little too. Uh, that's a little, a little too, too on the nose. Yeah, a little, little haunting. <laughs> who directed that? Is that Ivan Reitman or is that uh, Harold Ramis? It's one of the no. two. Oh, who did do that? Animal House. Whatever happened to National Lampoon? Man, they did Animal House, and then they did vacation they, movies, and they then did they Van Wilder. Started. That was their last, like, culturally relevant their, one. The last gasp of them. Uh, it was directed by John Landis. Oh. What? Oh, Landis yeah. out here doing work. I mean, what else does he do? Not work? Well, I mean, Landis is great. Like, Landis has been in my childhood for a long time because of the thriller video. But then, of course, yeah. beyond that, the American, you know, werewolf. And, and so there's like all yeah, that shit. Beverly Hills Cop 3. Oh, we don't talk places, about that. Training Places. Yeah. Three Amigos, Blues Brothers. Didn't Landis do one of the, uh, he did something with Spielberg, didn't he? Like, I feel like, did he do uh, oh, Twilight you Zone? When, you mean when he killed all those people in a helicopter and got away with it? Whoa, I think we touched on something I am unaware of. <laughs> like, it's, all right, let's see. I don't know what we're talking about here. Did we kill okay, so, somebody? Who killed yeah, in the, in the Twilight Zone film, um, during his segment, uh, the actor and like two child actors, I think died in a helicopter, like being shot on set or something like the helicopter crashed or something happened. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think the kids died and the actor survived or something like the grown up person. Either way, it was like really fucked up. And John Landis was personally responsible and implicated and involved and definitely murdered those kids. Okay. <laughs> Saying it on I want to, yeah, I want to dig deeper here. Was Landis like the pilot or like, did he, 
Did he, 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 did he put he some gum in the propellers? He like, arranged for it to happen, all right? Like, we don't know all the details, but we the, know. The pilot had black lung. He had two months to live. Landis walks in. He's like, I'm going to make you a deal. <laughs> dude, it's a real OJ situation, you know? But because he's John Landis, he got away with it. They're like, oh, he did the Blues Brothers. How could he kill kids? Hey, you're saying Landis is if he has the same class. Like, among, like, you and I, we know Landis, dude. The everyday fucking person does not know. He's not Spielberg, you know what I mean? He's not fucking... Fincher or Tarantino or any of that shit. Like he doesn't have that kind of name recognition. What's the last culturally relevant thing he did? I guess he made Max Landis. I was going to say that, but is he culturally relevant? I mean, Chronicle was good. Uh, no, I don't like Max Landis. He's a dick. Um, and he shares my name. You know, he did a really good Superman run called American Alien. It was really good. Yeah, it was like all these little like, moments that he that he had a- in his life. He's just a dick in real life is my problem. Uh, I don't know. He gets on my nerves and he's in like every video on YouTube for some goddamn reason or was for like a year. But anyways, Landis definitely killed children and then he made Max Landis make up for it and that backfired miserably. So here we are, uh, you know, Trump's America. So thanks a lot, John Landis. Okay. So a lot, a lot, a lot of long exhales. You know, I do one mini rant and, uh, yeah. I bring it all to a screeching halt. Well, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I'm it's sorry. Just, it's just, listen, you're playing fast and loose with logic, time even. Like, I don't, like, I'm just, you're not, you're saying a lot of things without, like, connecting the dots. So, did you, listen, did you watch uh, The Good Place this week? Yeah, yes. The Jeremy Bear Me episode? Yeah. Okay, that might be the best episode of the entire show for me, but if nothing else, just for the explanation of Jeremy Bear Me. Because where they great. get to the eye, and he's like, he's like, what is... What is this right here? It's like, oh, it's uh, it's like, it's like Tuesdays, uh, and also it's the spot where nothing never happens. You get it, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It's like this broke me. I am this broken broke now. Yep. That that was that did it. Yep. That was you. Like like that, you're the I just now. <laughs> you you threw everything at Jeremy Bearme, but there was no fucking connecting dots, man. Look, man, like, you know, I come in here, that's my job, all right? Like, you come in here with your facts and your fluid logic and you connect dots, and I come in here, and that just Jeremy Bearme it, you know? Yeah, the burden of proof is on you, Torres, not me. What the fuck, man? I come in here. You knew what you were getting into. I'm the wild card here, you know? I'm cutting the brake lines sometimes, and sometimes I'm not, and you don't know. What would you do if someone cut your brake lens and you're going like 80? What do you I would do? Die. I would die. No, 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 no. There's no one on the road. Empty roads. You just got to. Empty road? Then I would stop hitting the accelerator and I would let my car coast until it slowed down. But it's going downhill. Forever? I mean, a couple thousand miles. Yeah, I mean, it's a slow. For a couple thousand miles? Yeah. I, I mean, would I run out of gas. Okay, well, like. <laughs> You have an infinite gas supply, right? It's like Air Force One. They just fly next to you. What is this question? I'm just asking what you would do. What's your plan of action? I don't know. I would die. I would either die or the car would stop eventually. When you cut the brakes, are you cutting the emergency brake too? I, I don't know. I don't know enough about how cars work. That's that's gonna be the downfall of our generation when the fucking road happens and like we need to because yeah, you have to fix like cars mechanically, but we're right. gonna be computers and shit. Like in George Miller's Mad Max universe, everybody knows everybody's a fucking car mechanic and knows how to fucking fuse cars together and build mm-hmm. super V eight engines and shit. And it's like I'm here, like I don't even know yeah. how fucking brakes work. If Fury Road happens, I am fucked, man, for sure. Seriously, can I tell you that I, I just watched Night of the Living Dead, and, uh, which by the way. 
fucking holds up. I, I'm a really big fan of the Romero trilogy, the initial trilogy. That's um, great. So, but here's my thing. What I love about that movie the most, sorry to bring this back to race, but it, but, but it just is. It's like the fucking dead have risen. People are eating flesh. Mm-hmm. And that's a really tense situation, but a little bit more tense of a situation there's a black dude in the house. Like that is my favorite part of the entire movie. Like black dude in the house. Yeah, like he goes through hell. He survives everything, and then uh, the sheriffs just fucking massacre him. It's not a happy ending. I mean, like I was thinking, you know, I always I cite the Bad News Bears as being a very important movie in my life. Like mm-hmm. Bad News Bears and Empire Strikes Back. Shit mm-hmm. sometimes goes the wrong. Big, the big two. I mean, those are, I can like, I'll write a fucking paper. I'll go to like a pop culture conference. I'll get this published, man. But it's true. It's like, in terms, and maybe I'll lump Night of the Living Dead in there because it's like, it's the idea. Um, I read this whole thing that Roger Ebert wrote about Night of the Living Dead when it came out. And he was a big fan of it. And he said, I remember going to see it, right? And as was the custom at the time when they premiered horror films, they did it on Saturdays for the matinee showings. All ages, MPAA isn't a thing yet. Anyone could go in. And he's like, I sat there and just watched as these kids, like, because the, the beginning of the movie is like playfully scary. You know what I mean? It's really that back 20 minutes that just gets fucking terrible. <laughs> like, like when it's actually nighttime and like they're just eating people like yeah. outside of the house and shit. And then like the little girl and just all goes wrong. Yeah. I mean, that, that's my point. Like it gets nightmarish. And then that's, that's like what he talks about that moment where like the kids started to realize that this was not going to be some playfully happy thing. And they're sitting mm-hmm. in their chairs and some are rocking and some are just straight silently crying. And like, it was this experience, man. It was just this yeah. one time thing that happened that shook the foundation of shit. And it's just about like when you learn as children that like, you know, we, 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 we think it's like, Hey, the, 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 what the Joseph Campbell, the monomyth, right. The hero's journey or whatever mm, that yeah. uh, it's going to, this person's here and they're going to have to go through some stuff. They're going to lose something, but then they're going to gain they, it, but they're going to they be better fight for, Darth Vader. And then they got to come out on top. You nailed it. Exactly. Right. But bullshit. That's false, man. Empire strikes back. Let you know on front street, sometimes life just sucks. And you know, like that wasn't a, there wasn't a foregone conclusion. There was going to be a third movie. I mean, sometimes I guess there was life just sucks. <laughs> Yeah. I remember when I watched, I don't know why this movie is springing to mind, but like Green Room, at the end of it, I was just like, what was the point of that movie? Because everyone dies. Yeah. I loved it, but what was the point? And then it was just like, bad shit happens, man. Yeah. Like uh, Dolores didn't and, like that movie, and I and it's like she liked she liked the directing. Is isn't that Jeremy? What is his name? Sarnier or whatever. Sarnier. Sarnier. Yeah. I don't know. His new movie's on Netflix, by the way, and I really need to watch it. Um, I want to watch with, it. Uh, Jeffrey Wright about he's like oh, tracking hold down the, wolves. Hold the dark. Yeah. I want to yeah. see. I want to see that. It's literally, like wolves play a very big part of my psyche and my life and this podcast. So yeah. I feel like I'm a natural fit for it. You wolves know, are kind of the shit. We've talked about them at length on this podcast. It's, it's about roaming packs of wolves attacking a town out of nowhere for no real reason. And mm-hmm. they bring in Jeffrey Wright, who's a wolf expert, the coolest goddamn job outside of magma expert, yeah. to fucking come in and track him down and figure it's out It's a close number on. two, though, if we're being honest. Like, magma barely edges that shit out. Like, when Just wolves barely. learn how to roll a magma, it'll become a crossover job. If but. we get magma wolves, then we're done. That's, that's where it is. There's actually an episode of uh, Adventure Time, and I love that show. Even it's though it's show. for children, it's you know it has a lot of lessons. You know, yeah. and there's an episode with no dialogue about a fire wolf puppy gets abandoned by its parents or whatever, mm-hmm. and a snow a snow monster. He's like a snowman uh, adopts it 
and like fire puppy and snow monster you'd think that wouldn't work and it kind of doesn't because he's melting but he's also saving him you know the giving tree which by the way like was there a single book that was more designed to give like four-year-olds depression like again it gets more devastating the older (laughs) i get too you know that's what i'm saying like that like we're crossing things off our list like when we were kids and we saw that he was an old man and he needed to sit down we're like okay in in theory we thought that that was sad but we're like we're never gonna die we're gonna be young forever yeah. now it's like we're getting all old and it's just like oh shit man like it's a metaphor yeah, it's like i i'm barely i'm not even 30 yet and i need a place to sit down like where does this go from here <laughs> we said that the last time you were in brooklyn i like sat down to the chicken place you're like what's wrong and i'm like i don't know my knee just hurts you're like what'd you do I'm like nothing i'm just old and he's like dude it gets it gets way worse from here it's all downhill from here um yeah but wolves man wolves are interesting to me (laughs) because uh liam neeson's the gray movie Mm. because he's just a wolf expert you know and also someone as someone for me like who's as passionate about wolves as i am like i've still never seen the gray and i really need to and i hear it's wonderful yeah, I mean, he's really good at it, but he he just, he knows a lot of things about wolves, <laughs> like things you would not know. Like inexplicably? Yeah, like there's a part where he's just like, you don't know fucking shit about wolves. And he's just like, if they smell you within 13 miles, they'll kill you. They'll rip your fucking throat out. It's amazing. It really is awesome. But again, he just knows like verbatim, like the nose radius of a, like you remember that episode of The Office? (laughs) This is like one of the best season eight jokes where it was like in limbo. But it's uh, like Dwight goes to Tallahassee to see Robert California. And he's like, he had to go put out some fires. And he's like, there's no fires within eight miles of here. He's like, the the fire's nine miles away. (laughs) Like it's just just that he knows the precise radius of the fucking I don't know. That got me. That's good. Did you ever watch the, um, uh, the born, uh, the, the Jeremy Renner born movie? No. <laughs> no, you should, because there is a scene. Jeremy Renner is the Ed Helms of action films. He's fine. Listen, let me get to my point. Cause it's good. You're going to like it. There's a scene where Jeremy Renner fights a wolf. And I mean, fights a wolf. Like they get into a like, wrestling match. Yeah. He punches him, I think. And then he eventually gets him like strung up on some, uh, some thing. And then Jeremy Renner being such a badass, right? The U S government, has like found him through his tracking device or whatever. And they, they're sending a drone to go fucking kill him. And Jeremy Renner sticks his fucking device in this wolf. Wolf's like gets blown to, Oh my God. Kill, he, he fucking kills the wolf via drone. Like that's how much of a badass Jeremy Renner was in that movie. I need to watch that scene now. <laughs> it's really good. Man. I'm not going to watch the film. Just the scene. <laughs> They should have just released that scene into theaters. Just eight minutes, one and done. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to c- confess something to you. The first time I watched that movie, I was on shrooms at my ex-girlfriend's house, but my ex-girlfriend wasn't there. No one was there. Um, it was just me alone in a house listening to like Marvin Gaye's Got to Give It Up 14 times on repeat. It's a great song, dude. Put that shit on when you're on, and I mean, legit dance party. I was just like yeah. by myself in a room, just grooving. That, that song is so long; it's the gift that keeps on. Giving. Yeah, the eleven like, minute you version. Obstensibly, uh, go on forever, forever. I, I, no, no complaints. That's the thing. Like every time it's on, it's the best thing you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. So my point is, eventually, I'm just listening to it so long, I lose track of my my phone, and my phone dies, and I'm like, oh shit. 
And now that's so jarring because I've just listened to Gotta Give It Up 14 times in a row. And I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, what am I going to do? And I look over the TV, which I've been ignoring for the last, like, three hours of this trip. And just Renner fighting dude, wolf. running with a wolf. And I'm like, what is happening? Wait, does he eventually win the respect of the other wolves by blowing up the one wolf? Well, there's a deleted scene where he, like, runs on the ridge and he sees them. And it's like a fantastic Mr. Fox situation. Like, the wolf puts his little wolf paw up and... Oh, it's really wow. beautiful, but they didn't make the final cut because. Okay. Was this budget. like a precursor to the Jurassic World uh, idea of having Chris Pratt be friends with Velociraptors? You know, if you think about it, it's the only reasonable explanation. Like, who does Bourne movies? Isn't that universal? Prob. Prob. Dude, now it's. Either it that or it's that. Sony. I don't know. Sony makes nothing but shit, but sometimes they make a David Fincher. Yeah, movie. Now, now it makes sense. I think, yeah, right. Like, every now and then, Sony gets David Fincher. I don't know, man. I'm just saying it was worth everything. And and watching the rest of that movie on streams, like I'm scared to watch that movie sober because when people told me how horrible it was, it was whatever. But the first thing I saw was a wolf. Okay. So I was like intellectually and spiritually, I was in, I was in from the moment I saw that wolf and then everything else was just, was good, man. See, you th- know? This is why we're friends, man. Like no other person that I know is as passionate about wolves in cinema or Jeremy that- Renner. <laughs> yeah, no one else cares yeah, yeah, about you. Jeremy. You added that like a shitty writer to to a great bill, you know. <laughs> like, you, you fucking Republican, <laughs> just fucking add an addendum to take away like housing for poor people. You piece yeah. of shit. Well, I mean, does Jeremy Renner? Jeremy Renner is the human equivalent of taking away housing. <laughs> and Jeremy, as if I won't notice. Like I was just gonna, I'm just a train that's gonna keep on moving. Listen, but he fucking hung out with a wolf, man. I mean, he killed it with a drone, but that's impressive. Because the thing is, we 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 hold a shaky truce with wolves at all times. They're majestic, beautiful creatures. Yeah, we want them to be chill, but don't get yeah. near me because you'll probably win. But I'll I'll fuck you up. I saw a video on Facebook. There's this trend of videos, um, and they are always coming up on my Facebook feed because I know a lot of people that share animal videos of like people hanging out with wolves and like petting them like their dogs, and they're like laying on their backs. I've and seen it too. And their yeah. tummies scratched and like running, and it's a bunch of wolf facts. And it's like, I love it because I love wolves. But at the same time, I'm like, how do you get to this point in your life where you're confident enough to go up to a wolf and befriend it? Right. You know? I mean, and it's then, amazing. It really, I, like, I respect that person a lot. I, I respect them, but I also like think they're stupid. But maybe they're not. Maybe they know something I don't know. But I feel like if you see a wolf, you leave it alone. <laughs> That's the number one rule. If you see a wolf, leave it alone. Yeah, like like it's roadkill it. or something. Yeah, I've seen grizzly man, and I know that's a different you know animal. But I feel like the same principles apply. Like it might not eat you today or tomorrow, but a year from now it might decide to. We've talked about this. Yeah, and yeah. that's exactly what happened to old Timmy Treadwell. Um, we'll see. Thought so, he was friends with bears. Uh, the, the bears are cool, though, man. I did. I, I mean, multiple times since we've been doing this podcast at like three thirty in the morning. I'll remember that bears are a thing. And then I'm like, fuck, I want a bear. And then I look up, can I get a bear as a pet? No, don't do it. Same yeah. thing with like lions. And I see that shit all the time. I saw one with like a black panther, uh, not Chadwick Boseman, but like an actual black panther. And it was just hanging out in a cage. And he was like, what's up? What's up, Lola? And like the like thing licked him, the fucking panther. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, 
look, that's cool. But at the same time, I want him to eat your head because you've kept this beautiful thing in a cage, you know, I'm really anti zoo. I like, it's weird because I think zoos are this really great thing in terms of being able to see exotic wildlife that you would ordinarily never be able to see. I'm like, I'm not going to Africa anytime soon. So to see a lion, which is like my favorite animal is like the coolest thing in the world. Um, But at the same time, I feel terrible about it. I think it's the worst shit in the world because beautiful creatures man and we're, we're locking them up into little prison cells i mean but there's the life of pi argument which says that and they I, like it this yeah well not that they like it but that like they get fed like however many square meals a day consistently as opposed to in the wild where they have to literally like hunt and forage for food sometimes they don't get it and due to deforestation they might never get it so maybe they're leading a better life they're self-actualizing a lot better in that environment than they ever would in the wild. Well, I think it's just rapidly approaching a situation where like the only way you'll be able to see these animals is in a protected environment, like a zoo, because they are going to be killed. Like elephants, they gone. Lions, they gone. Everyone, everyone's going. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's a sad thought. I mean, I'm not trying to make us depressed. I'm just saying like, you know, we're talking about doing dinosaurs and shit, you know, like Jurassic world, if nothing else brought up that, point which is like mm-hmm. this is all gonna look bad like it's weird that SeaWorld like kind of started the change on that uh, not willingly mind you but that they did yeah. it's just like the idea that like you know 20 years ago like I have pictures of my mom in the 90s like at SeaWorld she got picked to be the person who goes and hangs out with Shamu or whatever <laughs> and so you know what I'm talking about they go up to the fucking like uh, the, the the tank and it's just chilling there yeah I, I know that the the uh, saga of Shamu by the way is like really sad but just the idea that Shamu was multiple different whales named Shamu like it's never got James it. Bond <laughs> of killer whales is amazing to me anyways continue I'm yeah sorry. no it is <laughs> Jesus Christ it would be a lot better if he like wasn't stuck in a fucking tank <laughs> that he yeah. could actually go on misadventures as Right, Shamu solving like sea crime, you know. See, why doesn't fucking SeaWorld own the fuck out of that and license a cartoon, a Saturday morning cartoon where he's going around fucking solving like like international heists in the and in the sea? Like, why not? He'll, like he'll like wear different disguises or whatever. Like sometimes he'll pop in some shark dentures and pretend to be a shark. Or <laughs> well, something at that point, we'll like, just call him Whalius, right? Like that's the low hanging fruit of it all. Just like, come on, man. He's yeah. I guess person. James Bond never really wears disguises. Ever he's always he? him. Like that's he's the always him. Like he just slips it like he's the most known spy in the world because he has like just like he handles every situation in the most public way possible you know the weird thing about the 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 james bond movies is that like for a while they were alluding to the fact that it was just this this code name right like Mm -hmm. 007 was a thing right they did especially in goldeneye with uh, when kenneth branagh was there or whatever and it's just like they did that for a long time but then in, in these last movies right didn't they go back to where James Bond like was born? Like they went to Scotland or something. You're talking and about in um, Skyfall, what's it called? Right? Skyfall. Well, that's my point. So now it's like, no, it isn't some fucking code name that is bestowed upon the best agents down the line. It is literally this is James Bond. Or maybe they only pick dudes already named James Bond to be James Bond. Okay, but then that gets tricky because you have to imagine that. How many James Bonds are there in England at maybe any one time? Maybe it's a very common name. Maybe it's the John Smith of English names. We I know. doubt it. Well, I John Smith is Fleming was like, name. let me write something that every man can see himself in. James Bond. <laughs> like, it didn't happen. Maybe like in the James Bond universe, James Bond is the most common name there is in England. And oh, it's a fictional just, universe. And, okay. they, and they just have this whole pool of James Bonds to select, and they always select the most remarkable ones, the ones who would make the best spies. It'd be better if there was like a portal to another world. <laughs> like where they're that they, look like, you just gave me, where you're just like, I don't even know how to respond. To- <laughs> 
I, I, my, my note is that it would be better if there was a portal to another world, a la Fringe or a la Counterpart, one of those shows, right? And then there's just like a farm, a la Matrix. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to a la all this shit, uh, where they can just grow James Bonds, you know, different like sizes. Popping up out of the dirt? Yeah, basically. Like potatoes? Well, well more, no, no, more like that scene where you realize that like humans are batteries in the Matrix, you know, that scene or whatever. Mm. We're all hanging out. Yeah. It's a really irresponsible movie. Another thing about like, maybe I don't remember the first Matrix that much, but it's like, there's that scene where he wakes up, right? They pull him out of the, like the placenta thing and, and then he falls into the ship and then he like throws up and he can't see right away and all. Okay. But there was like a whole field. There were just fields and fields and fields and fields of people. So it's just like, what are those people doing? Nothing? Are they, are they the fuel for the world now? I feel like if we're talking about the Matrix now, um, man, I don't know. It fucks me up because I feel like the machines were giving us a pretty sweet deal, all things considered. Like the alternative is, you know, you, you can't live on the surface because Earth is fucked now, right? Yeah. So the alternative is you do what they do in the movie. You live in this weird underground society where they have like disco raves and like fuck sometimes. Nice. But what the machines are doing, right? They're they're giving us time before the world was fucked, so they can live out their full human lives or whatever, full of human drama and human happiness, and they get to eat steak and drink beer and do all these things in a simulated world, and then you know die, and at the same time serve a higher purpose of powering machines, which is more than we can say as actual people. Like a lot of us, you know, don't serve much of a higher purpose. We just consume shit. Right, but in wow. the Matrix world, yeah, we're, we're batteries, right? We're we're giving power <clears throat> to a higher being. Sounds like some Trotsky shit, man. Sounds like you're trying to sprinkle in a little communism in here. I'm just saying, maybe Morpheus was the bad guy. Well, like, okay, so let's go through everything then. What's Agent Smith? What's what's his deal? He's just like the goons of the computer. Like, what's He's his? Just deal? a realist, man. He's just a guy who got a little too much power, and he started seeing the system for what it was exploitable. No, 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 that's the second and third one. But what's the first one? Like, what's his function in the first Matrix movie? His actual, like his the program's function. Yeah, like what is what are what are the agents in the Matrix? Like, I just don't remember the first Matrix at all. The agents are just there to like quell, like to keep order, basically, right? Like, aren't they just trying to track down? Like, they're there for the express purpose. They're like antivirus program. They're they're the white blood cells of the computer yeah. program. And and then Agent Smith in turn turns into a virus, so that kind of fucks things up. But yeah, they're like uh, you know McAfee or Norton antivirus or something. Okay, that makes there, more sense. And they like, oh, there's a fucking hacker up in here. We got to kill them. Okay, but then what happens in the third? Oh, so the third movie is the fact that he becomes a virus, right? Mm-hmm. And then he like all the machines are going to kill all the humans because Smith infected everyone. Uh, well, Man, that movie really no. fell apart in the third movie. It's well, a weird movie. Somebody gives the machines the access code, or I think Agent Smith gives the machines the access code to Zion, which is where they're all at, right? And then they can actually get in because they have these huge doors that's keeping all the machines out. Yeah. And they start pouring in and they have a last stand against the machines or whatever. Um, Agent Smith was just up in there taking over the Matrix at the same time. It gets really hazy, man. Like the yeah, but it's, well, this good. is my point. I don't understand. Why are the machines coming after people at all if they're just chilling and giving us computers stuff? Because they're – well, because the people are actively trying to like undermine the entire system that keeps the machines alive, right? 
Yeah, but again, like this is a lot agreed upon. Like, what's wrong? They're giving us discos and and cake. I mean, they're that's, giving us cake. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying like uh, Morpheus you is fucking, fucking up a really nice arrangement, dude. I like you swayed me on this entire trilogy. <laughs> I mean, they're still not great, but uh, yeah, dude. Like, yeah. I feel like the computers were just trying to do what's right. Like, mm-hmm. they're just trying to shut down a fucking threat. Right. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, they're they're secretly like, the heroes. Man. Here's the fucking unspoken elephant in the room truth of the Matrix. They're using human bodies for batteries, right? They could have just, like, gotten rid of humans altogether and just, like, used bears, for example, <sighs> or wolves, or grown rabbits, or fucking rodents or something, and just what? had... 10 trillion rodents powering the matrix sure but instead they brought us back i think though us. that's because they need our cognitive abilities and our imagination like humans are different from any other animal right sapiens are so i think that that's what they needed was the capacity to dream up all that stuff the more that we could dream up the more imaginative shit whatever the more power that it would get you know what i mean i thought they were just legit just using us as batteries and just like draining, draining our battery. Power. Why do we need batteries for machines? Don't they have plugs? Where does that come from? They do you want it? Like I actually have. You know this? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. No. Like, the, the, why don't they have plugs? I wasn't no, ready um, for this. I didn't be, know because that you knew so much about the Matrix. This is really. Changed I, my life. I feel like this is common Matrix knowledge, but the machines in in the first movie, I think Morpheus says that they were powered by the sun. And then as a last-ditch effort to stop the machines, we blocked out the sun. So we're the ones who fucked our own planet to stop them. This sounds like humans fucked up the world and then tried to scapegoat it on the machines who are just trying to clean up our fucking mess, man. <sighs> yeah, I know I'm going on a lot about the Matrix, but if you watch the Animatrix, like the machines actually reach out to the humans in the beginning and the, mach- and the, the men and women of the world just start like fucking bashing on them with baseball bats and there's riots and shit and like nice. we just like fucking break down all relations and negotiations which to be fair if there was some creepy robot nation out there that was like trying to extend a warm robot hand of gratitude and peace i'd be like i don't know if i trust that you've heard of hitchbot right uh i'm guessing no based on the uh the tepid <laughs> fucking response uh hitchbot was this thing that uh, was developed in canada and the idea was it is a little robot that's hitchhiking all across Canada, right? That's adorable. It is. And it, it's testing, like, the capacity for human kindness. Also, if they tamper with Hitchbot or anything like that mm. to make sure, like, no one's messing with Hitchbot. <laughs> and I think, and I could be wrong, it legit got from, like, Montreal to, to British Columbia, to, like, Vancouver, right? Like, it took a couple months or something, but it legit made it all the way across Canada. And you're just like, holy shit, heartwarming. Intact? Intact, totally fine, totally fine. I thought you were going to tell me that, like, immediately, like, some guy picked it up, threw it in a trash can, went to the dumpster. No, uh, no, but my point, the reason I'm bringing this up is like, Hitchbot was also, uh, it could say like two or three phrases, and it also knew how to wink, like, robot wink. And I'm saying that that's like the same thing as the handshake. Like, if you're winking at me, you fucking robot. Like, so, no, it got yeah. across. They tried to do it again in America, and it started in Boston, and I think it got destroyed in Salem, Massachusetts. Like, it didn't make it, like, what, 50 miles or something? And so I'm like, like fucking robot is up in here. <laughs> Go get the uh, car. We got to run this thing over. Right up in the garage. Uh, listen, Yo, I was... Where's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck? Get them in there. We need, we need them. We need them with the baseball bats. Go to town on this thing. Goodwill hunting style, baby. 
I know that you don't like Goodwill Hunting, and that's fine because it's I not like great. It. I like it. Well, you think it's hilarious. It. You think it's a really funny movie. Like that's fine. That's fine. But hear me out. The the problem that I'm having a problem with now is Ben Affleck, and everyone you know uses that scene. Like Community did it, and a lot of people do the parodies. Like you know what the best part of my day is? The ten to fifteen seconds when I'm walking from the car to the door. That part, right? That's just a shitty thing to say to somebody, though. Like, the more I think about that, that's like if I if I said, hey, I came to your house, and then you were just gone without fucking telling anyone, never to be seen again. You were just gone. The yeah. fuck kind of friendship is that? It's not one. It's <laughs> not one. It's like, why couldn't Will Hunting just get a job in the area that's good, you know? Like, he's living in a fucking college town. He's working with some of the best minds in mathematics. Like, why couldn't he get a job in the area and still hang out with his friend, you know, Ben Affleck? Well, he doesn't even pick a job at the end, doesn't he? Go after the girl at the end, right? Yeah, he's like about to go for a job, and then he says, uh, "Oh yeah, never mind." Hey, Robin Williams, sorry, I had to go see about a girl, and he's like, "You stole my fucking line, kid." Son <laughs> of a bitch, stole my line. Yeah, what a hero! Mm-hmm. What a goddamn hero he is. Wait, which one? Ah, both. Let's just <laughs> let's play it safe. Let's not offend anybody. <laughs> for all those Matt Damon apologists out there, we don't want to like you know, offend that contingent of our listening audience. I don't know why we're hating on Matt Damon, man. You like Matt Damon, you know, he was in things. He was, you know, I'm good. Notions 11. That's the performance (laughs) that you, it's the one I remember. I don't even remember anything he does in those movies. I remember he wore a fake nose in In one of the third one. In the third one. He's just smarmy. I don't know. Like, why do I need to have a reason? He's just cool. He's just doing his thing. Honestly, Brad Pitt is the best part of those movies. Just for the fact that he's eating something in almost every scene. Listen, I'm a fan of Ocean's 12, even though it is a horrific movie. And I mean, like, I think we watched, did we watch it together? I walked out mm-hmm. of the movie and I don't walk out of movies. Well, wait, like, no. Were you with my parents when we yeah, went yeah, to yeah. see we it all and went, we went to see The Aviator instead? Yes, dude. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. So that's my point. We saw it and we were just like, Jesus Christ, that was bad. Like, just yeah. unwatchably bad. But then you go back and rewatch it and it's still really bad, but Brad Pitt is really funny in that movie. Like I still I still haven't rewatched it all the way through. Oh, he's just I, re- I remember part. we got as far as like Topher Grace made another guest cameo appearance. <laughs> okay, that's the best part of the movie though, because he talks shit about in good company, I think, right? Isn't that what happened? He's I like I totally so. phoned it in with that. That is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He does say that. And it's like, oh meta. Uh, Ocean's Eleven, man. Ocean's Twelve. Yeah. Ocean's Thirteen. You know, it's really weird to me that Soderbergh used those movies as funding, you know, as a way to get money for his like art house projects that he wanted to do, and he still ended up turning the second one in his blockbuster series into an art house project. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, at some point, you have to admire it. I mean, it's it's the script oh, yeah. is not great, but Soderbergh is just like it's so weird that the studio should have been like. Like, as you see it, like the hangover, they're like, we need that again. And then they did it mm-hmm. and they just changed some things. It's like, yeah, do what you want. Ocean's 12 is not Ocean's 11. Like Ocean's 13 is a rehash of Ocean's 11. You know Honestly, I mean? man, I, I really respect Soderbergh for, for this reason. I respect him for a lot of reasons, but for I like the sake name, of this argument. It sounds like soda. It's the main reason. I mean, he's a good filmmaker, but his name is Soderbergh and it sounds like soda, Burke. It's also why I like Minnesota, because when I was little, the Vikings were purple, and I thought it was grape soda. It's a true story. All right, sorry, you're judging me. Go on, so Soderberg, go ahead. No, you just totally derailed me. Like, yeah, I you love him. I don't you love him, uh, Soderberg. Uh, like my brain, it's like a st- static on a television right now. Well, it's just, it's done. The thought is gone. It's disappeared. That broke you. I am broken now. <laughs> 
No, I was going to say I really respect Soderbergh for the fact that he is willing to fail and he's willing to admit to his failures because like he's an experimenter. Um, and I, I, I love that in a director where it's not like every fucking thing in his filmography is pristine and stellar or whatever. But when he hits some highs, man, those highs are fucking great. Um, that's all I was going to say. I wasn't going to talk about soda or anything. And his last name is soda though. That's like, that's like, but that's what I'm saying. It's just cool on top of it. Like, why is that not cool on top of it? Why can't we just, two things can be true. Like, why are you so against this? (laughs) All right. I'll give it to you. His name is soda. That's cool on top of it. Um, I respect him on that level also. So Tucker Carlson called Elizabeth Warren Focahontas. And, uh, I mean, it's a little bit more clever than the president calling her Pocahontas, but not much better. I've stopped paying attention to politics for, Mm. like, the past two weeks. Nice. I'm taking a two-week break. I'm taking a sabbatical from checking the news. And uh, you know what? I feel a little better. Yeah, but you're going to feel better, and then when the bomb goes off, you're going to be like, what's going on? (laughs) Like, the rest of us are going to be running outside. Well, like, does it make any difference at that point if you know what's going on versus if you don't? Like, isn't it nice to just, like, because either way, the bomb's going off, right? Well, see, that was, like, the premise of, like, the latest American Horror Story. Like, the the SMS alert goes out or whatever, the EMS Mm -hmm. alert, rather, and um, it's like, incoming bomb will be in an hour. And I'm like, okay, you're you're like, where are we? <laughs> Give me a scenario where it's like, can I get far enough away in an hour, yeah, or can I, would, I dig a I'm hole? Sorry. Did you I dig a hole. Yeah, dig just, a hole. I'm gonna hang out in this hole for a All little right. bit. <laughs> just Google real quick, like, how deep can you dig in an hour? I mean, it depends on how motivated you are. How cold is dirt is. radiation proof? Well, I assume not the first thirty feet or so, but you know, grocery store near me for canned goods. Well, I don't need any of that. I'll just eat earthworms and they're nutritional and, and it rains. There's rainwater. And wow, you've, really thro- you've really thought this through. The, well, I haven't, un- but I'm just... Irradiated <laughs> rainwater. Earthworms. Now, look, man, like if I, if I got an EMS alert or whatever that said, hey, warning, and I would just immediately say whatever because I'm assuming it's like a child abduction alert. And it's like, yeah. I'm not going to find that kid. That's not on me, you know? And I'm going to write that movie drop. starring you, which is just you get one of those alerts and then the person's right fucking next to you. But, but then you I go to a movie. It. Yeah, you go to a movie yeah. and they sit next to you and it's all fucking day. And, like, and, and I'm just like, why is this kid just keep popping up in my periphery? I would even say that out loud or something. Yeah. And then like at the end, like I have an opportunity, like I, see, I get another alert and I ignore it again. Mm-hmm. And then the movie ends with the child just standing alone. Okay, well, that's sort of a happy ending because the guy is gone, right? Like, the abductor is gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I assume the abductor has been gone this entire time. Like, it was a quick abduction. He he did what he needed to do, which is abduct a child, and then he uh, left. Okay. That's all. That's all. That was, it was getting dark for a second. I'm like, listen, dude, even in our fucking hypotheticals, we shouldn't joke about that shit, you know? No, 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 no. Um, but, you know, uh, I'd watch that movie. You know, it could just be like a slice of life film with a twist. The twist being, I don't check my emergency alerts. Um, do you remember when Chelsea got bombed last year? Who's Chelsea? 
Which Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea in New York, the neighborhood. There was a bombing in Chelsea on like 19th Street. You remember this? Oh, I thought I thought a woman or man named Chelsea. The bombing of Chelsea. Yeah, no, it didn't happen. <laughs> That'd be great though. <laughs> Maybe or would it? Would it be great? What the fuck am I saying, man? I don't. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I Losing. feel like you're not really keyed in, um, and neither am I. The real the, the the Soderbergh of it all really threw me off. But look. I did not know about the bombing of Chelsea, the neighborhood in New York. Mm. What happened? Well, you were I was telling just, me earlier about how Philly got bombed back in the eighties, and I was like, "What?" Like this changed my fucking life. Listen, fuck Chelsea for a second. The the point of that story was that some shit got bombed. The emergency alerts went off, and people were annoyed that the emergency alerts were off. Like we we knew that it had been bombed. We were all mad about it, but we were just annoyed because we had to get up the next morning. The Philly thing is interesting because it's like it's the, the Philly, the city of Philadelphia, the police department bombed a neighborhood like bombed a street where there were like 65 homes and shit uh to try to kill a a black radical militant group from the move organization or whatever but they just dropped a bomb and i mean that sounds crazy that's like some iraq shit like you know what i'm always talking about well i watched narcos and and i couldn't believe that this thing happened uh because if it happened then we would talk about it every day in american history and somehow i had never heard of this you had never heard of this until i moved here it's, you know, we've done a lot of shady shit as a country, um, also in individual cities. Just think about how many fucking other horrific facts about our history that we don't know, mm-hmm. that we're just sitting here in ignorance of, just thinking like, ah, you know, America's got some problems, so it's not that bad. Like, maybe it's just always been a horror show. And maybe, well, you know, may, maybe the, the fucking, you know, ghost of Christmas past is coming out and he's saying, hey, hey, now it's getting real, y'all. <laughs> That's what he would do. That's what he would do. Remember when he took Ebenezer Scrooge aside and like he's not talking the entire time and then he lifts up his his fucking cloak and he's like, hey, now it's getting real, y'all. Disappears. What's the the dirtiest secret your country could tell you that you would be like disgusted by? What kind of question is that? This is a question. Well, well, how about you answer it first? What would be the dirtiest secret? Like, it would have to be something really horrific, right? Because you're talking on, like, the most extreme uh, end of human behavior that was covered up. What could they have done? Yeah, it would be something like, hey, we've had the cure for AIDS, and also we created AIDS, and also... Yeah, that would be bad. And also, it's true. Um, (laughs) It's been proven. Who proved it? Me. <laughs> Empirical evidence com- compiled over 35 years. I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. You're doing 28? Like, seven years before my birth, I was working in utero, researching day and night. I had some cram sessions, all right? Time uh, was not a factor. It was Jeremy uh, Bermy. Yeah. It was Jeremy Bermy. You know, I'm a wild card. Um, yeah, so, something along those lines. Like, I was going to say genocide of our own people, but we already did that. Uh, like I, I was watching this video on, um, death of Stalin, which mm-hmm. if you haven't seen that movie is fucking wonderful. Great. Have you seen it? No, I yeah. haven't. I know it's Armando Inucci. I know it's supposed to be great. I just haven't got a chance to see it. Just dude, like don't see Halloween or whatever today. Just see that. I'm not even kidding. It's my favorite movie yeah. of the year by far. Like I haven't seen every movie, yeah. um, which we can talk about that if you want to, but I, I'm just going to hold off cause I'm going to get all fired up again. But, um, I was watching a history video on it there's this channel it's pretty great on youtube called history buffs or something like that um and it's just a guy who like takes movies and compares them to actual history and like says like how factually accurate they are in terms of timeline things that happen or whatever 
Um, and it was just talking about, like, he gave a lot of background on Stalin and what a fucking horrific monster that dude was. Um, day in, day out, just murdered millions of his own people. Did you and, ever like, see him as a teen? A teen? A yeah, teenager? as like a young man. was like an 18-year-old, 20-year-old. Like what Stalin looked like? Yeah. Yeah. He's a handsome young guy, man. Makes sense. He was a goddamn snack, bro. Like that's how that's how people <laughs> get elected. Snack. Like I don't know how Hitler got elected. You know, maybe like wimpy anemic dudes were in in vogue at the time. But you know, like a lot of things back then were in vogue that aren't now. You know, like so maybe. <laughs> All right, so that was comforting. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. You know, we're back there now. So Stalin, obviously a piece of shit, but he killed like 22 million people, right? Yeah, like, I'm I'm not saying that, like, oh, stack his numbers up against Hitler's, he was worse. Like, obviously, they're both awful. But I just don't think Stalin gets enough credit for being as big of a monster. Oh, well, you know, he was an ally, man. So we're yeah. going to keep it mostly hush there's that There's that cute picture of him with FDR and Churchill, you know, sitting down um, on the White House lawn or whatever. Right. Like, oh, yeah, how bad could he be? He's got a mustache. Uncle Joe, that's what he was, and we all loved him until, like, oh. literally the day the war ended. <laughs> and then it yeah. turned real bad real quick. Yeah, I mean, and then if you want to, like, you know, China, like, Mao killed, like, 50 million people or something. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not stacking that. Like, you're right. Like, we're not stacking that against, like, the 11 million who died in Nazi Germany or any of that shit. Right. It's just, like... You know, history is very much written and and the perspective is very much biased, you know? Yeah, like, I I guess the point I'm trying to make with all this is, like, any of the horrific shit that I could think of that would make me actually legitimately ashamed of my country, and I'm trying to take your question actually seriously, Mm -hmm. like, I think that we or someone else has already done, because the problem is, like, the most extreme uh, ranges of human behavior have already been reached time and time again throughout history. And that's, like, a really fucked up thing. Um, but it's true. Well, I told you that's like why that book made me all de- fucking despondent and like it's over. <laughs> Ooh, bless you. Sorry. Oh my lord, bless I, you. I have allergies. Oh god. Uh take a Zyrtec. Um that's my favorite one because it's the third rate allergy medicine. Like people know Benny's, people know Claritin. What's the Zyrtec shit? Get out of here. Get your fucking Zyrtec. Get out. I, I just get over the counter store brand. It's the same fucking thing. I mean, is it, it, co- it costs like way less. Are you sure? It doesn't have as colorful a box, Christian, but it does the but job. But do you know that it does the exact same job? I mean, do we know anything? Do we know that every Zyrtec tablet is created equal? Does it have the same amount? Like, we don't test it beforehand. We I don't know. I don't use Zyrtec. I don't know what that is. I Like, what are you asking me then? I'm just. At, uh, I feel like you already know the answer to the I question. Just, I you're feel asking. like you're. Fucking, I feel like you're, you're just trying to make no. me feel bad. Well, I feel for, you're for saving is, money. Your science is sloppy, is what I think. So you know, you're over here making proclamations without the scientific method being invoked. And oh, an amateur, it's clown. Oh, the, this you know? yeah, because I have time to uh, invoke the scientific method on every. Thing I do and every opinion I have. Well, I yeah, you have time it. to watch Halloween, a movie you didn't even like. You could have done so many tests then. <laughs> you choose to spend and those your time two hours. You could have done like at least five clinical field studies. You piece I of think shit. at least you five. That's procrastinator. At least five. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the new Halloween. I was not a huge fan, but I will say this. Here's Let's, one positive what, thing. What are you? And, well, actually, two positive things. One is a positive about the experience and one is a positive about staten island so far oh lord because i want to give credit where credit is due um Uh, christian's very anti-staten island for many reasons 
um, as many New Yorkers are, whatever, fine. I work there um, and there's a movie theater not two minutes away from my job where I work. So like at the end of my week, I've been making it a habit of going to the movie theater and seeing a movie. Um, last time I saw First Man, uh, this week I saw Halloween. And both times, the audience throughout both movies in a packed theater was respectful. They clapped. They laughed at the right moments. They freaked out at the right moments. Um, it was really like an engaged, respectful audience. And at the end, they all filed out and they said some shitty things about how there wasn't a flag in First Man or how Halloween was so fun and they're going to see it again and again. But whatever. My point is that was a positive for Staten Island audiences so far, much better than Florida audiences. And also it was fun to see a movie where people were having fun, even though I wasn't, even though I wasn't enjoying the movie, it was fun to see a movie where people clapped when they were supposed to. That doesn't happen often to me. And I, I kind of loved that, even though I didn't like what they were clapping about. Mm. Okay. Well, Staten Island, uh, this is the first time you've received a five-star review on the Google page that is Staten Island. but uh, Yeah, J- just to give you guys a snapshot of how much Christian dislikes Staten Island, I want to tell you, like, throughout that entire mini rant I was just doing, he was, like, sinking lower and lower out of frame into the microphone. I think um, we really got to add the visual component to this. There's a lot of physical comedy. It's a lot of me getting away from the, you, you know, all, well, anyway, he's dancing now, this asshole. Um, look, man, that's good. I'm glad that you had a cool Staten Island experience. You know, I had two. I've had two. I'm glad you had two cool. So, Staten at, you know, in a way, in a way, I was actually conducting a clinical uh, field study trial. I'll do it one more time. Uh, Three times. Do it one more time. I mean, that's part of the process, Christian. You can't rush these things. I agree. You're also going at a very specific time. You know, I've been going on Saturday nights for opening weekends of films. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. What I'm saying, though, is you've gone presumably to the same showings, right? Because you get off at the same time, usually, at work? Yeah, usually, like, some somewhere between 6 and 7.30 is when I'm seeing these movies. You got to go, like, early on, where the racists go. You know what I mean? Like, racists know not to go out at night. There's too many ethnics out there, okay? <laughs> like, But, uh, you know, you got to go, like, matinee, because they figure all, you know, everyone's sleeping still, and they can get, get in there and be racist, and bitch about a flag, how many black people are in Halloween, man? Tell me. Did you count? Did you see any? Yeah. All right. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> one. No, two. There's, two. there's at least two. One of them actually almost saved the movie. He's a little kid, and he actually almost made the movie like... That's uh, impressive, because we hate kid actors, man. Like, I hate most kid actors. They're terrible. Yeah. And well, like- they, they, yeah, not to spoil, I don't like kid actors generally, but this, this kid was great and not to spoil anything about the movie, but it brings back like the babysitter element or whatever. And one of the girls in the movie is babysitting this little kid who happens to be black or whatever. And he's like really sarcastic and they have a nice back and forth or whatever. Nice. And then Michael Myers enters the situation and how the kid deals with it is uh, adorable and hilarious. Um, but that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. That, that's okay, all right. that's <laughs> I just rewatched all of these uh, movies and they're kind of the best. I mean, they're really bad, but they're really good. And, and so it's, it's like, it's like weird to me because like, I don't know if you know the behind the scene legacy of Halloween, but like Carpenter does the first one with Deborah Hill. They do the second one together. I like the second one. It's not nearly as amazing as the first film, but like, I get it. I dig the second one. I also yeah. liked it because it's bold because he kills off Loomis in yeah. theory 
And then they just start the next just, movie, the fourth movie, with like he almost burned himself, and they like yeah. show the clip again, and it's like half the size of the explosion and shit. Right. Not great, but um, I watched I watched the third one, which I actually really liked. I was telling you, like that movie gets shit on a lot because it's not Michael Myers, but mm-hmm. it's very Carpenter esque, even though he's not you know directly I think, involved. I think it's like developed a cult following, and I and I told you I haven't seen it, but like it's kind of regarded well amongst like horror fans now like yeah no i dig it a lot i see so i need to see it it's only it's bad shit crazy it's just like carpenter wanted to throw a lot of things in there and he got to and the score is wonderful <clears throat> but then so this is what i was going to talk to you about the other day it's interesting because like clearly the first exposure of michael myers mm-hmm. was not the original halloween like maybe through cultural osmosis we saw laurie strode and we saw the mask and shit like that but i feel like we we came out like we were born in times where two three movies came out in the 90s right like during our lifetime which means whether we saw those movies or not we saw the the advertisements for them you know what i mean like and i remember paul rudd being in a fucking michael myers movie it's incredible like he is the second star of a michael myers movie the fifth one paul, paul rudd was just popping up in weird 90s movies all over the place using clueless for some well it's reason. it came out two months before clueless and he's accredited as paul stephen rudd it's wonderful <laughs> uh and so that's my so point he, so he dropped like, the stephen in well he had to because the other paul rudd died and he's like now i can be the paul Finally. rudd i always knew i could be well, so, which is in, in my point is this is like the first exposure that we had, uh, you know, is not like the glory days of Halloween. Like, I don't remember when I maybe I was like 12 when I saw the first Halloween, maybe 11 or something like it was later as far as slasher movies. My yeah. stepdad loved to show me Jason because he's an asshole and he would mm-hmm. do the like bullshit that Jason always does. That scared me. Friday yeah. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street I saw when I was very young. Evil Dead I saw when I was very young. Your stepdad was just constantly trying to traumatize you, wasn't he? <laughs> Well, mission accomplished. All right. Bush banner, all that hey, stuff. Well, you know, here we are though. And you're, you're a horror fan now. Cause like, I remember the, um, if we want to go back to like childhood yeah, scary movie it. history, the sixth sense, uh, I saw it when I was nine and it's not the scariest movie at all, but it scared the ever loving shit out of me when I was nine. Like, just like, I don't know the creepy ghost shit that happens in it. And like for like a good month straight, like I was having nightmares about that goddamn movie, but now, you know, as a grown up, I love scary movies. Bring okay. them all on. The scarier, the better. What's the scariest old movie? We can do this because it's October. We can pull this off. What's the scariest old movie? Like old, old movie that freaked you out, and then scariest like semi newish movie. Uh, I would say like within the last ten years of, of before we were born and stuff. So I guess eighties films are included in that. Oh, okay, so you're saying like for old movie, like as in the oldest back in time that was still scary? Yeah, because like, or so for I'll go first in terms of like, you know, we brought up Night of the Living Dead beforehand, but legit as a kid, as a little kid, that scared the shit out of me. Um, like they're coming for you, Bob. Like that really freaked mm-hmm. me out as a kid. And then also the last 20 minutes of Evil Dead. I mean, I was horrified uh, by the I thought you were movie. talking like Nosferatu, like what's the oldest film? Well, see that, but see, that's something that we all know, right? We've talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Like Nosferatu is a cultural osmosis thing where before we ever knew what his name was, we knew what he looked like, you know? He showed up in different mediums and shit like that. But I wasn't scared of him. It wasn't like a moment I saw. I mean, I, we talked about this a little bit last time. I think it's like Freaks, right? Is that mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of? Like, Wanabas, right? Where they're crawling yeah, and shit. Gobble, gobble. That's very scary. Yeah, maybe that might be the oldest, oldest one. But I'm thinking just like black and white. I maybe, yeah, I don't want to put too much on it, but maybe black and white old, like psycho you know, or something. You know? 
I mean, Psycho's up there. Honestly, original Invasion of the Body Snatchers is legitimately scary, even without the context. Dude, I don't think I have. I think I've seen the 70s one. Is Donald Sutherland in one of them or something? Who's in the the 70s 70s one? Okay, I've seen that one. Yeah, like the 50s one, like, was definitely like a Red Scare anti-communist movie. Like, what if your neighbors were slowly getting, you know, taken over by, like, communist infiltration or, like, Right. Having their minds wiped or whatever. Like that was like the subtext. Um, but like just the general idea of like people, you know, and love not knowing if they are the person, you know, and love anymore um, was like really unnerving. I remember seeing that on TV when I was a little kid and it was just like really creepy and really effective without any like blood or gore or guts or anything. Just like, yeah, for sure. Suggestion. I, in a way, that's how I felt about the thing because the thing was whatever, <laughs> you wanted it to be, you know, like that was what the built-in horror was. It's like, yeah, it was a dog, that scene, but it could be that guy who uh, you pissed off two days ago because you stole his last bacon and he's been holding on to that. And now he's his last bacon. <laughs> so, I mean, like, so that, that kind of scared me. The serpent in the rainbow freaked me out. Cause I think it might've been mm-hmm. the first time I understood death was a thing. Like yeah. <laughs> you'd I seen mean, it a bunch, but then suddenly like when he's in that coffin and he's like, oh, I'm not yeah. dead yet. I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> Well, if I'm also thinking back to like childhood things that freaked me out, um, I remember seeing the movie Twister, but it wasn't the movie Twister that scared me. It was when they were watching The Shining at a drive-in oh. in the movie Twister. Nice. And just seeing the clips from it, because it's showing the clip of Danny going down the hallway on the tricycle with the Steadicam and right. then like running into the girls and then the girls like turning into a bloody pile of limbs or whatever on the floor and then turning into girls again. And I just remember seeing that as like a five-year-old and I was like, freaked the fuck out because i didn't know what the fuck was going on and i was so scared to watch that movie for a long time and then i finally did and you know it was fine like it didn't freak me it didn't scare me the shining but, scares me more every time i watch it like it, it, it's the big lebowski of horror and and as much that like yeah. i find something new every single time i watch it and there are just genuinely unnerving parts well like when you were talking to me not to cut you off but i just i'm yeah. gonna tie something you said which is the halloween complaint you gave me yesterday mm. about like the restraint of like lingering, right? This, this, mm-hmm. this eeriness that comes where just things are a little too perfect, right? Or too perfectly framed and, and this, this, and that. It's like, you're saying David Gordon Green cut a lot and kind of made the menace of, of uh, you know, the shape, right? Yes. Like it kind of goes away because you're like close up, extreme yeah. fucking, you know, whatever, juxtaposing everything. It doesn't work. It's not artistic. It's, it's distracting. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the point I was going to make there with the Kubrick stuff, which is just like, yeah, the more, like I've seen that fucking tricycle thing a billion times, but it's the fact that there are three scenes before it where he's just going around. You know what I mean? Right. Like this, the, the repetition and the buildup is what makes it scary. Yeah, and it like puts a, a knot in your stomach like every time he's going down those hallways because even if you haven't seen it before, you know something is coming. And you don't know what's going to be around that corner. And it's just building. And it's also attention. that Danny gets around the corner before you do. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like we yeah. don't get like a sneak peek of what he's about to see. He's over and the camera follows a half second behind. Right. And so I think that that's what's like leads to it even more. It's like whatever is going to come, we're not going to be able to see it before the kid sees it. Like, And it, it builds on that like theme of a maze where like you're following him for so long that you don't really have a sense of like the space of this hotel anymore because he's just so deep inside of it. And you realize yeah. how alone he is too. So whatever he runs into, like – you're legitimately scared that he might not be able to get away from. Do you think that that's kind of like the grandfather of horror at this point? Like, obviously there's so many more, but that movie's like 80, right? Or 78 or something. I mean, clearly it was, it was Mm -hmm. well beforehand. You know what I mean? There are films that were better, but in terms of like, I just watched uh, haunting of Hill house, Mike Mm -hmm. Flanagan. 
which by the way, I had so many reservations about Dr. Sleep being adapted because I was like, we don't need a Shining sequel. And I largely believe that. Is that going to be Flanagan? Flanagan's directing it. And after this, I'm just like, yep, give it to him. Because like he took all the things from The Shining that you needed to take. Like the idea of the modern horror haunted house film, I think everyone is biting off Kubrick, you know? Yeah. Sometimes to better results than others, you know? But that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like it's indelible and people are still referencing that 40 years after the fact. I mean, that's pretty... I mean, yeah, like there, there was plenty of great horror before Kubrick and since Kubrick, but what I think he did was legitimize horror in a way it hadn't been done. And he also like is credited not only for like inventing the steady cam along with his camera operators, which is fucking monumental, changed how movies are made, but also uh, made the first epic horror movie, I think. Like the first legitimate huge budget uh wasn't it was it shot on 70 millimeter i believe it was yeah i know all the exteriors definitely were everything about that movie was big and the stars were big and the story was big and grandiose and fucking finely tuned um it's like the first time a horror movie has been that legitimate i think on that scale so like yeah in that way it is like the grandfather of something have we got back to that? Like, I'm trying to think of another horror film that's ever been that meticulously plotted and and, and crafted, you know? Uh, fuck, I don't know. Well, because like horror, like we've talked about before, it's there's the air of it being shaky and, and being grainy. And like, it, like you know, unless you're going to make this beautifully polished thing where you can like fall inside the depth of the fucking scene, right? Because that's the thing about that right. movie too. The Shining had those special cameras where like the depth of field was fucked. So like you, everything felt so vast and like you could fall into the scene and shit like that, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I have fucking, I've lost it now. Cause I was going, I was going on and on and on. I'm Stop sorry. Talking about the well, shining. Oh, yeah. Well, just, just has the there idea, been a movie. Yeah. yeah. The idea that like, unless you're going to be able to do that, which takes like a fucking like Wes Anderson could maybe do a horror film if he was just directing it, like not <laughs> writing that script because it would be really weird. But just like he, he also set designs where you fall into the frame a lot of the times. Like there's so much again, yeah. you know. I'm sorry, I just got like a flash of what a Wes Anderson horror movie would look like, and just like a fucking like awkwardly framed, just like Jason Schwartzman walks into frame on the right side, Owen Wilson walks into the left, and Jason Schwartzman's like, uh, "Well, I guess I gotta kill you now." And Owen's like, "Oh man," <laughs> just gets stabbed, and like some King song plays. This time tomorrow, <laughs> just like blood splattering on the lens. Yeah, no, it'd be fucked up. I mean, I'd watch that. I, uh, I think we gotta <laughs> tell him to write it now. He's doing this French musical, and you're like, really, waste of your talents, Wes. What are we doing here? A French musical? You haven't in heard about French? it? It's, it's shooting like next month, dude. Like, is it in French? I think so. I gotta read. Oh, shut up! God damn you! <laughs> God damn you. I, I'll see a Wes Anderson movie, but not if I have to read it. I want him to do a movie that's in English, but have you ever heard like people try to, there's like YouTube videos of people who are uh, going deep into language, which is like, what does English sound like? To people to, who don't speak it. Yeah, because it's all the same words. It's just, it doesn't make sense. You know I've been what I mean? thinking about this a lot lately because I'm living in an area where the accent is a little bit alien to me. And sometimes <laughs> when people speak fast enough around here, like I legitimately don't understand what they're saying, even though I know they're speaking English. And I'm sure. like, this must be what it's like for people who don't speak English to be here. Yeah. Maybe that sounds fucked up, but like legitimately, like I'll just be walking by people and I have no idea what they're saying, but I'm picking up enough words to know they're speaking English. 
I know. Well, that's my point. So it'd be like, uh, where society fight blood. So sometimes today it is goal a word. I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like the words yeah. are there, but it's not like constructing into anything, you know, meaningful. Yeah. Um, I think there's a YouTube video called squirrel or something like that. Uh, <laughs> it's called squirrel. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, let me. Is it telling the tale of a squirrel? Like, is it? What is? What no, is it? it's like uh, just this couple talking and like having an argument or whatever. But it's all like in fake English. So oh, it's nice. Kind of, kind of funny, but kind of like not. I love fake English the most. More than real English. Better. More than Better. the language you... This is uh, like when fucking Italian usurped the Latin, you know? Like, the, the common language is much better. That's all I'm saying. Well, searching squirrel video just gave me videos of squirrels. I don't know what I See, expected that's there. like, I don't know what you... <laughs> <laughs> squirrel language video. Oh, man. Definition of, an, of insanity, man. You're uh, typing some shit in. You know what you're going to get. Uh, what English sounds like... You know what? Who cares? Who fucking cares? Who cares? I'll, I'll, I'll look this up later. On my Let's own just time. on the downfall, man. Not on where's my burrito time. Oh. Uh, on my own time. Yeah, I just called the name of our show out loud just now. I don't know how that makes me feel. Like, are we self-promotional people? Are we walking around wearing our own t-shirts? Come on, man. Is it, is it really self-promotional, like, if you say it, like, 50-something minutes into the thing <laughs> that you're in? That's how we do intros now. We wait until the end of the episode, and then we and just... And welcome to this week's edition of Where's My Burrito? I'm your host, Max McCarthy. I think that's honestly our new thing is to do the intro and then stop the episode. <laughs> like, it's in, <laughs> it's, in, it's in reverse the whole time. Uh, oh, Christ. That I need to learn sad. how to talk backwards we could do like a twin peaks uh podcast just like midget style the whole time wait whoa all right like if episode 11 taught oh, wait. Us anything, like, okay i was gonna say i was about to call you out i was like don't whoa me <laughs> i'm just saying episode 11 was a learning experience for everyone here did, you know? well i mean did we learn anything did you actually get any call outs for that did anyone no. complain well Is, well <laughs> The world complained, man. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, man. The world rose up and said, hey, what about Dinklage? Let's write a horror film right now. We're The, the pick's up, all right? We're going to keep this low-key as fuck. Let's just try to scare ourselves. This is an exercise. Where's my burritos over? Sorry. See you next week. Okay. So listen. It just picks up. There's no explanation. We're just in a dark car. All right, we're driving down a desolate road. Let's say we're in Tennessee. All right, I like the Appalachia. I like the I like the I like the woods, I like the mountains. Okay, we got some weird talk radio guy on because it's the only fucking channel that's picking up over the mountains. It's on AM. All right, mm-hmm. <clears throat> just me and you were hanging out. Don't know what's going on. I look over at you. Headlights. We're going up at this mountain, so we're just kind of doing this circular thing. You know what I'm talking about? Where you're going up a mountain, just got to go in circles over and over and over. It's about 25 minutes of doing this. Okay. Oh yeah, mountain circles. I know that life. Yeah. We're running low on gas, but we should be fine in theory. Uh, you know, one of your headlights is out, so it's a little spooky. Uh, you know, so we we have that David Lynch shot, but it's just one headlight. Oh, so we're in my car. We're in the, yeah, we're in the Honda. One headlight by the wallflower starts playing. We're really leaning into the one headlight of it all. Oh, man. All right. Uh, tag, what happens? Um, we arrive at our destination. Which is what? Un- unscathed. The top of the mountain, BB. Oh, okay. And then, uh, and then we we look up at the sky and uh, comet, and I say, 
I'm going to make a wish right now that I wasn't on this goddamn mountain. I hate mountains. And you say, why did we drive all the way up here, you piece of shit? Tag me. (laughs) Okay. All right. I pull out a knife. (laughs) 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 I walk towards you. There's fear in your eyes, and yet your, your shoes have cement in them. You can't run. I'm walking. I'm closing the distance between us. I get my fucking knife. I pull it up, and then I just fucking cut my own hand, blood brother style, right? This is what happens. We're creating some witchy shit under the full moon, even though you hate this mountain that we're on, right? I take your hand. You're like, not that fucking hand. And I'm like, why? And you're like, you don't want to know. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I grab your other hand. I cut that hand. We high five, blood high five. We both have AIDS now. Okay, tag. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can cut the AIDS out, but we did just high five. <laughs> we both have AIDS now. <laughs> Did did the one did one of the parties know beforehand <laughs> that they had AIDS before they did the blood no, high five? Fucked up. That's the problem, man. Like you know. Uh, um, yeah, let's hear cut, it. Cut to a year later. I'm at a graveyard, and it's <laughs> raining, and I've got like a little IV stand and everything, and I'm like all frail and skinny from the AIDS that I have. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and then who walks up but you? And you're like, I'm perfectly fine. And I'm like, how the fuck are you perfectly fine? And you're like, well, when you wish that you weren't on this mountain, I wish that I was immune to AIDS. Oh, shit. And then I say, why wouldn't you wish that we were both immune to AIDS? Why did you tell me to meet you in a graveyard? And then we turn around. And whose grave is it? It's my grave. And there's an empty hole there. Tag. Holy shit. <laughs> like, listen, a little less of a horror film, a little more of like a fucking Shakespearean betrayal, but like, I, I'm into it, man. That was great. That's part one. That's how episode one ends, okay? Yeah. What do we want to call this? I want to do this for the next couple of weeks on the show. Blood Bros. Blood Bros, dude. All right, that was episode one of Blood Bros. Like, please remember that. We need to revisit Blood Bros because I actually kind of love that. Um, there was like wishes, there was uh, autoimmune diseases. There was literally cement in my shoes. I'm running away from you, even though I know what we're doing up there. (laughs) You're running at me with a knife. Cut your own hand. I cut mine. High five. We both get AIDS. Well, you think we both get AIDS. Go on. Right. Yeah. Just recap it one last time. And here you are. And you've done me the courtesy of paying for, um, a grave site and a headstone. Right. Yeah. Which it's that ain't cheap. Considerate. Yeah. Thank you. You're it's welcome. It's not considerate that, you know, you didn't wish that we would both be immune to AIDS. Well, I'm going to look out for number one, man. This ain't about you. I mean, it's about me, you know, and how am I supposed to know that you have AIDS or I have AIDS? You know, I'm just hoping generally speaking, we're all AIDS free or just myself. I don't care about anyone else, man. That's the truth. But wow. anyway, Blood Bros <laughs> episode two next <laughs> week. God damn it.
she gave me my money back And she told me that she loved me And she gave me 